0: Hello oh, and welcome to NextReads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. I am going to be reading from a newish teen book called 16 and Pregnant, a novel by Lala Thomas. It is in MTV Entertainment Books, no doubt, inspired by their television show, 16 and Pregnant. All right, so, the bond between two best friends is put to the test when one of them gets pregnant in this contemporary novel inspired by MTV's iconic reality show. Erica was looking forward to junior year at East Prep High. She has a cute boyfriend, gets good grades, and has the best bestie. Money is tight, though that's nothing new in her world but everything changes when she gets pregnant. Having a baby at 16 was definitely not part of the plan. Kelly's plan was to dominate junior year, grade-wise and on the basketball court, and eventually get an athletic scholarship. It did not include helping her best friend through a pregnancy, but that's what best friends do, right? Besides, Kelly has every intention of being a good auntie. As the two girls navigate the pregnancy, they'll learn some harsh realities about the world and be forced to make some huge decisions. They'll also discover a deep reserve of strength and compassion for each other and themselves. 16 and Pregnant, a novel, honestly and openly explores pregnancy through the eyes of two young black teens in modern day Nevada. Debut author Lala Thomas combines personal insights, heartfelt dialogue, and authentic emotions in this powerful portrait of American teen life. So Lala Thomas is an English professor, a scholar, a combat army veteran, and also an author. So, I don't know, I picked this up originally because it was shelved incorrectly in the juvenile section. Then I started reading and I thought, huh, this might be good to put out there in the world. Okay, so prologue. Erica, I'm here to tell you that turning 16 ain't always sweet. And I'm not trying to ruin anybody's dreams or nothing like that, because I get it. Everybody's different. But I never thought I'd fall into the not-so-sweet bunch. I thought my 16th birthday would be one of the happiest days of my life. But instead, it turned out to be... Well, let's just say it turned out to be more of a wake-up call. Not because I didn't get a dope-ass party or my driver's license like most kids my age. Nah. Matter of fact, I wasn't even expecting none of that. Instead of me celebrating my special day with my boyfriend and best friends, I was hovering over a toilet seat, sweat beating down my forehead, as I slowly watched my life change on a stick. All I could do was watch every one of my dreams and goals swirl down the drain, right along with the puke that spilled from my gut. For me, turning 16 was supposed to be the start of my It Girl year, not the moment where every dream I'd ever worked toward was yanked from me in a flash. I guess I never thought something like this could happen to me. And now, instead of me prepping for the ACTs or scheduling my driver's test, I'm on my way to an appointment that I never thought I'd have to go to, especially at 16. Chapter one, Erica. Ma, can you please slow down? I scrunched my seat, clenching my stomach for dear life. We ride over the bumpy road, bouncing up and down like her car has hydraulics. She rolls over a pothole and then comes to a stop, shaking her head at the creaky gate that is taking forever to open. This is supposed to protect folks from getting shot at in the jets, huh? She arches her eyebrow at the sign. I lean back with a shrug, cause I'm thinking the same thing. How's a shabby gate supposed to provide safety for one of the worst project buildings in Linwood Heights? I guess after Lil Mark died last year from that drive-by, the city came up with the idea to have a security gate installed to, quote, protect the residents but I'm sure a few metal bars ain't stopping nobody from banging. Mama pushes through even though the gate is still rattling open then mumbles something under her breath. Something about how we're running late but I just press my earbuds in and mellow out to Ari Lennox. The inside of this car feels like a freaking sauna. I probably shouldn't have worn this hoodie but when we left this morning I had the chills. Mama said it's probably my hormones or my anemia. Regardless, I just wish it wasn't so damn hot already. It's not even 8 a.m. and my phone says that it's 92 degrees outside. Unfortunately for me, Mama refuses to blow the air, talking about how it eats up her gas, but damn, I thought that's what gas was for. I would think she'd have more consideration, being that I'm already uncomfortable as hell. But her car, her rules. She pulls up next to a candy red Oldsmobile that belongs to one of the OGs from around here. It's hella fly, making Mama's car, a 2009 Altima, look basic as hell. The sun is beating our ass from the sky, and even though her hair lays like a second skin over her warm brown cheeks, the most she does to beat the heat is lower the back windows. Like that's gonna do something. I press my sweaty water bottle against my neck and think about how much more my life is about to change within the next few hours. I'm starting to feel like we should just turn around so I can think about this some more. Maybe even convince Mama that I don't need to go through with this, but there ain't no turning back. I mean, I do want to see my boyfriend Miguel and all, but I'd rather be getting dropped off so me and him can chill, not because my Mama is taking us to an abortion clinic. Mama keeps saying that me and Miguel are too young to raise a child and this and that, but that's just because she doesn't like him. I don't think she likes any of my friends, except for Kelly. Lots of girls my age survive through teen pregnancy. My mama had me at 19, but she says it's not the same as my situation because she had her diploma and her and my daddy were married. At first I thought having an abortion just might be the best thing, but as each day goes by I can't help but think of how I'm getting another chance at having a real family again. Erica, call that boy and tell him to hurry up or I'm driving off without him. Mama eyes me down while her fingers tap the leopard cloth steering wheel. I told her the only way I'd go to this appointment was if Miguel could come. I pull out my phone just to make her happy. Me, can you please hurry? Mom's is tripping. Miguel, be down in a minute. Cleanin' this oatmeal off Mitzi. Me, aw, give her kisses for me. Miguel's daughter Mitzi is two years old and looks like a little chocolate baby doll with a head full of thick curls. She mostly lives with her mom, but Miguel watches her every now and then. Mama doesn't know that Miguel has a little girl. She doesn't need to know. She already calls him a thug because he sags and lives in the roughest part of Linwood Heights. Miguel moved in with his sister Lita after he had a falling out with his mom. She says I shouldn't even be focusing on boys right now, but if I had a girlfriend, she'd probably say the same thing. Me, hey, Miguel, sup, me, are we doing the right thing? I stare at my phone as the three dots appear next to his name, but then they disappear without a response. Maybe we should have just left his ass at home. I lay my phone face down on my thigh and take a few sips of warm water, which I just want to spit out of the window. Finally, he responds. Miguel, you gonna be straight. Stop worrying, Ma. Easy for him to say, just like it is for everyone else. I keep asking myself if I'm really making the best choice or if I'm just doing what everyone else wants me to do. Six months ago, I was planning to do extra hours toward the business program that I'm studying at school. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to East Prep, so that I can learn the basics of what it'll take to own a beauty salon. But lately, all I do is obsess over YouTube, searching videos like, what does abortion feel like, and can I have kids after abortion? When I told Miguel I was pregnant, he didn't speak much on it. Just said he was gone, be a man about his and that he's down for whatever I want to do. Part of me feels like he's not ready for another child, but I keep telling myself that it's just my hormones making me overthink everything. As we sit in front of Miguel's building, Mama looks at me with beads of sweat rolling down her forehead. I prop my seat up a bit and shrug, before sending Miguel another message about how he needs to hurry up. See, this is the stuff I'm talking about. This boy is not responsible, and you thought you wanted to have a baby with him? How much you want to bet he's going to cause you to miss your appointment? She glances at the time, then looks at me with her deep, hazel-brown eyes. He said he's coming, dang. Watch your mouth, Erica. I'm not the one who got you pregnant, she waves her finger. Of all the things I would rather be doing, this was not on my monthly agenda. Um It wasn't on mine either. I suck through my teeth and clench the water bottle tightly to avoid saying some shit that will probably make Mama want to leave my ass stranded. Let me be clear, I didn't get pregnant on purpose. This wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. A really heated night turned into a moment of irresponsibility. It wasn't our first time not using a condom. Matter of fact, we did use one that night, but not the following morning. Miguel took me to get the plan B pill, but we had to wait almost a week to buy one since he hadn't gotten paid yet. The box said it's best to take it within 72 hours. I knew something was up when I started gagging at the smell of Takis two weeks later, and I love Takis. Chili dynamite flavor to be exact. So glad that's no longer a thing because now I crave them like crazy. I took three pregnancy tests at my bestie Kelly's house instead of turning up for my 16th birthday like we had planned to do, and got a triple reminder that my ass had slipped up. But TBH, I was just in denial. I swear the pink lines on the last test were glowing rubbing it in my face, even more that my ass was not experiencing stomach bug symptoms like I had told my mama the night before. It took a heart-to-heart talk with Kelly's mom to make me realize that even though having a baby might not be easy, it's not the end of the world. But my mama's reaction was a whole nother story. She basically gave me two options, get an abortion or get out. Mama even threatened to send me to stay with my dad. But he's living his best life with his new family on the other side of town, and I doubt he'd be all open arms taking in his pregnant and estranged 16-year-old daughter. Last I heard from him was Christmas, when he sent me and my little brother, Jaden, a sorry-ass card with two $20 bills in it. Mama said she can't afford to feed one more mouth, and that me having a baby at 16 would be a huge mistake. Sometimes I just wish me and Kelly could swap moms. I mean, Mrs. Lancaster is super into church and stuff, but not the kind who blasts Kirk Franklin on Sundays or has pictures of black Jesus all over the house. She's the one who told me that no matter what I did, God would still love me, and that I should let my heart help me decide if I wanted to go through with my pregnancy. She really is like a second mom to me. I ain't gum front. I feel like she gets me more than my own mama sometimes. His sister's still bringing you home after your procedure, right? I wish I could bring y'all back, but I'll be late for my shift. Mama looks at the time on her phone. Yeah, she's supposed to, I stare at my phone waiting for Miguel to send me an on my way text. Mama's eyes are posted on a group of teenagers who are huddled on the sidewalk sharing a blunt. I low-key inhale the musky scent, which would normally make me gag, but for some reason it's making me feel less nauseous. I wish she would try to be a little bit more compassionate. It's like she can barely even look at me when she talks, and even though I know she's hurting, she has to understand that I'm hurting too. Things have been really good between Mama and me ever since I transferred to East Prep Career and Technical Academy last year. Kelly's mom, who's one of the principals there, helped me to get accepted. It's literally the best school in our district. So Mama was all for me transferring, especially because she knew that would separate me from Miguel. I can't front, it'd be cool to be with Miguel at the same high school for his senior year, but he probably won't even be there that much since working and taking care of his family are his priorities. Before I got pregnant, Mama had been bragging to everybody about how I'm on the honor roll and how I was going on an all-expense-paid black college tour for rising juniors this summer. Me and Kelly were hella excited about it too, but after I told Mama that I was pregnant, she said there would be no way in hell that she was letting me go on that trip. I'm supposed to be there right now. Foolin' round with y'all, be late for work. Mama mumbles while rolling her finger up her phone screen. I need to call Manny just in case because I know he's looking for a reason to write my ass up. She continues, talking to herself. Mom has been cleaning rooms at the Palm Desert Casino for the past five years. It don't pay much, but it gets us by. Even though we could use the extra help, she would rather work a double shift than apply for food stamps, not to mention the long-ass drive to the Vegas Strip and back. She always says that being a black woman makes you realize how strong you are, but I think you get extra points when you're a good-ass black single mother. It's not like I want to be in that category, because as much as Miguel acts stupid, he ain't going nowhere. But if my mama can kill this parenting thing, I'm for sure that I can. A loud ding blazes from my phone. Bestie. Morning, even though it's almost noon here. Me. GMBF, me. How's DC? Bestie. Uh, I kind of don't want to come back to envy, lol. Kelly sends me a few pictures of D.C. and one of her and Ray, all hugged up in front of what looks like Howard University. She says they're visiting Virginia State, which isn't too far away next. She's out there living her best life. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm getting a contact high from that thick, skunk-like smell that's creeping through the car's vents while waiting on my turtle-ass boyfriend and praying I don't throw up my breakfast quesadilla. Me. Y'all gotta visit Howard? Ever since Kelly and me watched the classic movie Drumline, we've wanted to go to an HBCU. That's another reason why I was so hyped about going on the summer college tour. Because I know being there in person is like a whole different experience. Bestie. Yeah, the campus is huge. I wish you were here. With a sad face emoji. Bestie. Are you there yet? Me. Waiting on Miguel. But we'll be there soon. And yeah, wish I was there too. Bestie. Is Ms. Monica still trippin' or she good? Sucks that she can't be there the whole time. Me. Miguel's gonna be with me. Bestie. Yeah, but he's... Bestie. Envy our mind, E. Just want you to be okay. Smiley face. When I had my online consult with one of the counselors at the abortion clinic, she told me to make my decision based on my heart, too. Even if that meant going against Mama and Miguel's wants. Sometimes I feel like I know what he wants, and sometimes I'm hella confused. Part of me wonders if me and Miguel will ever have this chance again. I know legal abortions are safe and that it won't make me like sterile or anything. And I'm not against abortions, but my heart doesn't sit right. When I think about missing out on the chance to not only love a piece of myself, but for that piece to love me and Miguel back. The week I found out I was pregnant, me and Miguel had the quote, what are we going to do conversation in the back of his homeboy, Dre's truck. We had just come back from chillin' at a little pool hall spot, something that his homies threw together. Now that Miguel's 18, he can basically do whatever he wants, unlike me, who has two more years to go. I still remember how warm and breezy the night was. We talked about keeping the baby and abortion, as well as adoption, but I just couldn't imagine living without our child. And that night, it seemed like Miguel felt that way too. I mean, he didn't say much, but I could tell by the way he held me that night his hands were trembling when he gripped mine that he wanted a family with me too. If someone were to ask me what I'm feeling right now, I'd say torn. Torn because I don't know if I'll be able to live with a bunch of regrets. I mean, I'm actually about to step foot into an abortion clinic and will come out no longer pregnant. Like, what if this baby is here to piece my family back together? Or maybe even make this world a better place? My baby might be the next Angela Davis or John Lewis. And if it's a girl, she just might be the first black female president of America. This isn't like me deciding whether I want to wear box braids or faux locks. Nah, this is way more serious. And even though I'm pretty good at making decisions, I still feel like whatever choice I make, I'll still be unsure of my fate. Erica, I am not going to wait too much longer. Mama starts the ignition. I nod while sending both Kelly and Miguel texts. Me. Listen. I'ma be okay. I just wish my mama would stop being so Grrr. Me, Miguel, my mom is about to dip. Bestie, lol. Don't do Ms. Monica. Your mom really loves you. Bestie, hey, bus is loading. Going to the National Mall today. Text me as soon as you get there. 143. Me, 143. When we were in sixth grade, me and Kelly did this project on 90s pop culture and learned that 143 was a code people used to send to each other's pagers to say I love you. Corny, right? But we both thought that was pretty dope, so it became our bestie code. Mama grips the steering wheel with both hands, then turns toward me. Her face softens a little. Damn, she's looking like she's about to cry. Erica, I don't want you to think I'm making you do something you don't want to do. This is serious, I know but I just can't watch you mess up your life and ruin all your dreams for some clown. I know I had you at a young age. She balls her calloused hands to her lips. I wish she didn't have to work so hard. I remember when I was little, mama stayed with her nails slayed, but that was when she worked for that fancy lawyer's office and before daddy dipped. But taking care of a baby is not easy. It's more work than you think. And at your age, it's the last thing you should have to deal with. I can't support another child, and neither can you. Okay, but I'm only like three years younger than what you were, and I got Miguel, Ma. Mama squeezes her eyes shut and lets out a breath like she's trying not to go off on me, then reaches over to pull open her glove compartment. She fingers through stacks of envelopes, some falling to the floor. This is just one of the many bills that's kicking my ass every month. She waves the thick envelope in my face. I'm fighting to keep my hours steady so we all can have insurance. And I done borrowed so much money from Ms. Benita, it don't make no sense. Now, do Miguel have insurance for you and this baby? He got money saved up for all the co payments? Is he gonna take you to every damn appointment and back? This boy probably don't even know left from right. Hell, he couldn't even wear a condom like he was supposed to. Actually, he did, but whatever. She acts like Miguel is the most incompetent person on earth, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't cost that much to go to the doctors. The lady at the clinic said there's government programs that help single parents who don't have a lot of money to pay for stuff like that. I really wish she would just chill out. I'm not like most of these mamas. Damn right she ain't. Most mamas wouldn't be so damn preachy. I want you to have things in life that I ain't have, and repeating the cycle is not gonna get you them things. I know it seems hard right now, but once you realize the mistake you almost made, you'll see that your mama was right. Ouch, a mistake? The only mistake I'm making right now is listening to this bullshit. She has some nerve to think that me having a baby would be a mistake. She had me at a young age and I turned out to be okay. So why does she think I can't raise this baby and do the same? The only mistake I've made so far is telling her that I'm pregnant. I fold my arms across my chest and look out the passenger window. Weeds and dead grass replace what was once, I imagine, a beautiful lawn with sweet-smelling flowers. Right now, I feel like one of those weeds in Mama's eyes. It seems like nothing I do is ever right, especially since she had my little brother, Jaden, seven years ago. She praises him and treats him like he's the golden child. She says it's because he's the baby, but I think she just loves him more. The only thing I ever get credit for is when I'm babysitting or if I pick him up from school on time. I watch Miguel make his way down the stairs, galloping like he's glad to be out of that apartment. I want to curse him out so bad for making me and Mama wait, but I'm afraid of what Mama will do to me if she hears me. He pauses midway as he chugs a can of Arizona tea. His shiny do-rag is stuck to his head. He pulls his baggy jean shorts up before sliding a black tee over his wife beater and then heads toward us. Right now, he's looking so good. He's making me want to get pregnant all over again. Please... After this, let that boy go, Mom says. You still got plenty of time to fall in love. He looks like he can't even raise his voice if he tried, let alone a child. She makes a sour face in Miguel's direction. He's slapping hands with a guy who has jet black skin and is rocking some dingy white forces. The dude slides Miguel a $20 bill, then shuffles to the group of old dudes who are hanging out on some steps. Yeah, Miguel has his little hustle on the side, but weed ain't even illegal no more. And working at a drive through window don't pay him much, so I don't see no harm. Miguel leans through my window with a wide grin on his face, smiling at me like he's just meeting me for the first time. His blinged-out bottom girl shines like it's still in one of them display cases at the swap meet. Even though the diamonds ain't real, it still gives him mad swag. He reaches for two frozen water bottles that are stuffed in his back pocket. He's been teasing me about how I went from wanting room temp to ice-cold water overnight but I feel like I have to drink hella bottles a day. I stay thirsty and peeing. Sup, Miss Smith. Sucks his teeth before handing me the frozen bottle. Mama gives him a sharp stare. Hey, she says dryly, then continues searching for a playlist to listen to from her phone. Once we're on the road, we hit every pothole and bump again, feeling like we're at an amusement park. Damn, is she doing this on purpose? I roll the window all the way down to let in some air so I don't pass out from heat stroke. After 30 minutes of cruising down the I-15, a sign assures us that Las Vegas is 10 miles away. The hot breeze whips my face as I scroll through my Instagram feed. Most of my friends are posting memes about what people be like when they have to return to school, or the last moments of their summer breaks at places like Splash Mania Water Park, or the Circus Circus Amusement Park. I wonder how many likes I will get if I posted a pic of my positive pregnancy test. I look onto the deserted highway as we pass the mass of sandy mountains and dried shrubbery. I let my brain roam free and my heart explore new destinations as the city becomes closer. Mama drags out riffs while listening to Lauren Hill's X Factor. I can see Miguel through the side mirror, bobbing his head with his AirPods hanging from his ears. Everybody seems to be a vibe, except for me. There's a queasy feeling deep in the pit of my stomach. I'm not sure if it's from the pregnancy or the realization that I need to keep it real. I lean back and take deep breaths. It's gonna be okay. You're making the right choice. But am I? What if mama is right? What if Miguel leaves me? What if my life changes for the worse? I weave my fingers together, taking another deep breath. I gotta remember to quit listening to anything but my heart. You okay, baby? Mama winces at me. Yeah, just thirsty. I hold up my water bottle and let the chilled water soothe my dry throat. Mama reaches over and gently grasps my hand. The warmth of her grip is so soothing, but not enough to soothe these emotions away. I can feel my eyes starting to water, but I quickly rub the tears away with my sleeve. I should probably just tell Mama and Miguel now. Tell them how I really feel. But we're literally almost there. The GPS dings, directing Mama to exit. I take a few more sips of water and clench my stomach while mentally preparing how to tell them I'm not getting an abortion. Oh, that's the end of the chapter. Okay, so next chapter is from Kelly's perspective, so it's like alternating voices. So, yeah, interesting book. I have some thoughts about being 16 and being pregnant, but. That's not what this podcast is about. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that and you want to check it out. And if not, there's always something else to read at the library. I will try to post some similar books in the show notes. And thank you for listening. I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads.